Welcome to Truth Behind Travel Podcast. I'm Dolores Semeraro, and this is my weekly show where tourism, travel, and hospitality industry professionals meet to discuss and share marketing strategies as they reshape the future of travel. If you want to learn the truth directly from the leaders and the doers of this industry, you are in the right place. Before you dive into today's episode, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app. And while you're on it, go on and follow the show on Instagram and Facebook at Truth Behind Travel Podcast. Welcome back to Truth Behind Travel Podcast. I'm your host, Dolores Semeraro. And on this brand new episode, we're going to talk about a whole different take on travel. One that perhaps we should all embrace and make it part of our strategies moving forward. Our guest today is the founder of Charitable Travel, an innovative social enterprise travel company that combines charitable giving with great value, choice and quality holidays, effectively promoting the principle of travel for good. There is so much to learn about how travel business can operate essentially by existing for the sole principle of giving instead of gaining. But I will let our guest tell us all about it. Join me as I welcome to Truth Behind Travel podcast, Melissa Tilling. Welcome back to the show and welcome, Melissa. Thank you for taking the time to join me on the podcast. How are you? I'm very well, Dolores. Thank you very much for inviting me. It's a pleasure to be on your podcast. Thank you. I think we had uh, an interesting conversation on the podcast recently about what else can we do? What more can we do um, with other you know, business operators and more to come? Uh, in the future episodes, uh, what else can we do to to restore that travel confidence in travelers today? And I like to, on the podcast, I like to bring in as many voices as possible, not just the nitty gritty of marketing, but also perhaps other take on tourism, other take on travel businesses that would serve as an inspiration to the operators that are listening to the podcast as it has a very specific B2B sort of tone of voice. Today, we're going to talk about what propelled you in creating a completely different business model that it's perhaps a unicorn in the industry. And it's, as you define it, charitable travel. The word itself speaks. And I want to know more about what made you uh, get onto that business model what what that what's the mission what's the purpose how did you come about this call so why don't you give us a just to start just to give us a background of your life within the the travel industry of course because that's it's quite a rich and um full full of experiences and and then what brought you to where you are today yeah absolutely um it's um it's a story, I guess, of um, a realization or a, a revelation at a certain point in my career. Um, I've been in the industry for 35 years, um, which dates me a little bit. Obviously, I started when I was only about five. Um, <laughs> um, but I've been in the industry for 35 years um, in the UK. 
um, primarily in tour operating and primarily in long haul tour operating outbound um, from the UK. And um, I'd worked for a lot of different companies, including Thomas Cook, um, some independents like Premier Premier Holidays in Cambridge, great company, um, Mark Warner, a ski operator. Um, and I found myself um, uh, at a company called Funway Holidays, um, where I was for the last 11 and a half years of my private enterprise life. Um, I joined there as a product director and um, uh, was promoted in 2017 to managing director. Um, and I've been blessed, I think, in travel. I've loved every single day working in the industry. Um, I've loved my job. I've gone through phases of being a, a workaholic, um, but I've always been powered by a sense of partnership and a sense of um, making something out of nothing, you know, that whole sense of creating uh, creating memories for people and ensuring that um, they're great memories um, and using partnership to, to get to that point. So partnership with destinations, partnerships with hotels, airlines and the team within the business to, to create those packages. Um, and I felt probably a little bit distant from that process as managing director of the last private enterprise I was involved in. Um, and I loved working with the team, but I, I felt a little bit drawn away from the sharp end of uh, of that creativity. It became more about people and finance. So I suppose that's inevitable a little bit when you when you get to that role. And it was quite a lot about vision and di direction. Um, so I, so I kind of got to that point um, and I was kind of thinking then, where do I go from here? Where, where in my career do I go? You know, I've been pretty successful in making um, a nice salary for me um, and hopefully very successful for private shareholders or um, institutional shareholders of the travel companies that I, um, that I ran and worked in. Um, and that had given me a pretty good life. Um, I'm not a millionaire by any stretch of the imagination, uh, especially not now after COVID, but we'll come on to that. <laughs> um, and um, I, I've been thinking about how I could draw um, the enjoyment that I did out of my daily travel career um, and the people and the and the places that I that I loved working, but but perhaps for a, uh, an outcome that would be great for customers, but actually a, an outcome that would be philanthropic rather than the pursuit of pure profit for shareholders. So so at that point, um, fortuitously, um, a redundancy option came up uh, at virtually the same time that I've been thinking about this new model for the travel industry and, and how I could combine those passions and wants into, in, into a new type of business. And this fortuitous redundancy option, um, and, and we're very lucky in the UK with our employment protection and um, uh, employment laws, meant that I um, could move on after 11 and a half years from 
um, from my holidays with some money behind me and um, this new vision of how to turn travel into a philanthropic um, device for the good of beneficiaries and other people. And you managed to achieve that and more, creating so. a unique, pretty much a unique model that that was what was your biggest challenge when you were building it? I think it was the um I think it was working out all of the moving parts of how it would work and all of the partnerships and people. Um, and relationships needed in order to make it work um, because I think you alluded to it before as a unicorn but I, I truly believe that what charitable travel is is completely unique um, now I, I want to say now that I don't want it to be unique um, truthfully I want to be copied um, because the point of it is to create a more philanthropic outcome and a more uh, a more um community outcome than pure private enterprise so yeah i want to be copied but right now as far as i can see worldwide we we're unique so maybe i should explain um how it works i just wanted to come to that how does it work for those that are new to the concept and uh so how does it work from a from a client perspective um, so I think it's important to say that charitable travel is underpinned by the um, uh, by the principles of social enterprise. Um, in the UK, we have um, uh, a type of corporate entity called a community interest company, um, and I and I haven't seen that in many other um, uh, many other countries as a, as a type of company. It was started by the UK government in two thousand and five to enable a legal framework for social enterprise to exist beyond things like cooperatives that already existed um, and obviously different from charities. Um, so a, a community interest company or a KIC, a CIC as it's known, um, has two defining elements which really underpin charitable travel. One is um, it's regulated and requires us to have a social purpose. Um, it's really saying that if you say you're a social enterprise, you have to be a social enterprise and have a social outcome. So it creates some rigor around that commitment. Um, and the second part of it is it changes the mem memorandum and articles of association of your company when you set it up um, so that it defines that the surplus profit that you make as a business um, does not um, go in the majority to a shareholder. It goes in the majority and actually 65% at least to um, to be donated to a registered charity that has to be approved by the regulator as well. So the underpinning of social enterprise really seemed to fit in with um, Putting your money where your mouth is is a great phrase. Putting putting your money where your mouth is, creating a travel business that has the discipline and, reg, uh, and regulatory framework to actually exist and do what it says it does. Um, what I'd noticed a lot of was uh, companies being philanthropic and saying that they're pledging money to charity or they're 
doing doing this or doing that um and you know I, absolutely i have no doubt they're doing that but this uh, this regulatory framework actually proves to our customers to our partners um uh, to everyone that we're legally complied to do what we say um beyond that and how it actually works day to day is um as a retail travel agency um, initially. So we're retailing on behalf of principals rather than being tour operators ourselves. That doesn't mean we can't be a tour operator and it doesn't mean that we won't be in due course. Um, but I started off wanting to be a retailer primarily because that gave us um, lower startup costs. It meant that we can be incredibly flexible about the product proposition that we give our customers to give the widest possible choice. Um, and it also um, it, it also meant that we didn't have uh, to have contractors. It didn't, we didn't have to have contracts. It meant that we could leverage um, hundreds of tour operators that already exist delivering great product to customers, and we retail that product. Um, so we're a retailer. We take a commission from our from our tour operator partners whenever we sell their product, um, and. The real magic is how we give back directly for our um, for our customers. Um, imagine you're looking at going to Italy on holiday. Um, you come to us. We help you as much or as little as you need with product knowledge, with itinerary planning, logistics, or simply if you want a really great price, um, we'll quote you a really great price for the product that you already know. We'll reach out to tour operator partners that are maybe, if we need to, that are specialist in Italy, or if it's a commodity product, we'll we'll simply package up, a, a, you know, maybe an EasyJet um, holidays offer or a TUI offer. Um, and we would present that to our customers and, and an endeavor like every travel company does to match um, customer need with product and price. Um, and all of that is pretty standard stuff, although I think we do it better than anyone else, of course. Um, you've got to be proud of what you have. And um, at the end of that process, we'll issue a confirmation invoice to the customer. We'll issue them because in the UK market, um, we have to issue an, an atoll certificate, um, which is kind of an insurance offered by the Civil Aviation Authority to cover um, the customer's money. And um, hopefully our customers are super happy with that. And this is where the difference comes in. We then offer the customer the opportunity to donate 5% of their holiday price um, to the charity of their choice. Um, and we tell them that once they've made that donation to the charity of their choice, we will reduce the price of their £1,000 holiday um, by the 5% donation that they've made. So £1,000 holiday, £50 donation, the customer chooses the cause they care about. Um, we get proof that the donation has gone through. Um, then we reduce the price of the holiday to £950 by sacrificing our profit margin or our commission, which um, sounds counterintuitive to a, a travel company, except for remembering that we don't exist for shareholder profit. We exist to be viable. We exist to 
be able to build our business. But at the same time, our primary existence is our social purpose, which is charity fundraising. When you mentioned that you, at, at the quote point or the payment point, then you add that, you present that option to the final client to say, look, we, you have an opportunity here to, to make a donation to a charity of your choice or a charity that, that you might have a, amongst the range of, of uh, association and, and uh, organizations that you, that you want to support. What's the reaction that you most often get from them? I kind of want to understand if it, is it a cost conversation? Is it a money conversation or is it a is it an added value conversation that you're having at that point? I think that's a good question. I, I think um, when the customer gets to the point of talking to us on the telephone and talking to our reservations agents on the telephone and having that conversation they already know what we do um so we're not suddenly hitting them with this oh this brand you know this brand new concept to them at the final point of purchase we've had that um check and verify conversation with them when they first come on the phone they would have seen our marketing they would have seen our messaging um one of one of our great um i suppose points of difference is that many of our customers come to us from charities as charity supporters um and i can explain that a little bit um, more later but um there there isn't sort of a um, a hallelujah moment where the customer suddenly discovers they can donate to charity. They, they kind of already know that, and that's why they're coming to us. So I feel that they're making, by coming to charitable travel, they're making a deliberate ethical decision to book with a social enterprise that enables them to make a charitable donation to the charity of their choice. If they were coming to a travel company to um, save pounds and pennies and scrape the price as low as they possibly could, that's something that we won't do. We, we will offer a competitive price against a price that you might buy from another travel agent or from a tour operator that sells direct to the consumer. Um, and our proposition to them is that um, you possibly could persuade somebody else to discount your holiday but we're going to give you a great price and give you the opportunity to combine that giving and that thoughtfulness um, in the process of buying your holiday um, and ultimately at, you know at no extra cost to you and at no no extra cost to the charity now it's true to say that if someone wanted to go onto the internet and, you know, search for a hotels and if it's a, a tailor-made itinerary, search for lots of different hotels, rent a car, go go on the train, um, go on a low-cost carrier, possibly they would get it cheaper themselves. Um, but we also bring the other benefits of booking through a, um, a legitimate travel company, which is financial protection. We, we, um, secure people's money in a trust account so you know we we can't trade on customer money um, we also offer atoll protection and we offer accountability so you know in my view and, and I guess I would say this because I'm in the established travel industry um, 
we we do something for our money we do we do the research we do the planning we do um the leg- legitimization of the supplier we protect your money we ensure that if something goes wrong that we're there for you whether that is um before departure during departure or post departure if something um, goes wrong um on your on your holiday and obviously no one can say that it'll never go wrong because sometimes it does um but we'll we'll be there to support you in that and and certainly we found one of the benefits of of the pandemic um has been a return to realization that travel agencies and legitimate tour operators have a part a place because of the fact that so many people lost so much money and lost um so much time and and had so much angst from um the fact that their arrangements all went wrong it's true i think if anything over over the past two years we've seen a lot of um you know that that mistrust and um because as you just said because a lot of people lost so much money they had no option they had no plan b they had no recovery plan in, in across their travel um itinerary and plannings and you said something that really resonated with one of the the studies that i'm conducting recently it's about how do you communicate upon something to trigger care first to make that person care first and then moving on to relating to the cause or to the subject that we're talking about and there from there on taking action towards a specific project or initiative of partaking into into whatever it is that that the traveler can can be part of and today what i see for most of the travel industry communication strategies moving out you know trying to restore that trust trying to rebuild um from from where they left off or maybe rebuilding brand new it's about communicating on something that doesn't inspire necessary that doesn't make the other side care it's an informative process so we are seeing now across the travel industry that all the communication strategies in place do not start from that point of communication for which the other side is supposed to care you know you're not inspiring the right emotions the right feelings the right reactions onto your your audience you are informing them with facts with with details with data about a specific project and from infor- that given information you expect your audience to understand it and from the understanding of it you expect your audience to care and from there to take action what i see out of the model that you have put in place is that, as you said before whoever comes to us knows already what we're doing so it's in it's inbuilt in your communication strategy in your purpose in who do you say that you are standing for what are the values you stand for what's the actions you put forward so in your case you're not there you know banging on an inf- a piece of information so that you're you're hoping your audience to understand and therefore to care and therefore to take action you start right away from where they care and from there on 
the action is actually a, a natural you know progression into into what's next so because they care they do and they take action they get involved they relate to this project it is one of the most difficult things in communication is to is to really start from that care point instead of the you know pure factual information point and a lot of people fail to do so tell me how do you when it comes to putting out the communications of of charitable travel how do you communicate on something that triggers care be ahead of the price point ahead of the of the travel promise of the experience that you're putting together and obviously how competitive you are compared to others in the travel agents in the industry but how do you do that like if if i have someone in the industry today listening to that what what would what, what would they go home with what could they learn from you i think um it, it is our biggest single challenge is isn't to take a customer through the journey of buying travel and understanding how the process works and then actually doing it it's actually getting the customer finding the customer in the first instance who does care and um and I, I you know and i think when when i when i look back and we started in april 2020 at the be- beginning of the pandemic which was a challenge in itself um i i think it, the actually identifying the people that care and trying to segment your marketing to find people that care enough to listen to what you've got to say is is the biggest challenge i think clarity of or I suppose authenticity and clarity is what I would suggest. I don't think you can, I don't know what the charity equivalent of of greenwashing is, but I don't think you can greenwash what we do um, because I think you've got to make that, um, you've got to make that ground up commitment to do what you say you're doing. And in our case, that's registering as a social enterprise. That's that's making the donation direct by the customer to the charity. That that is making it completely transparent, completely fundamental to the whole business message. So that you're not you're you're then left with trying to find people that are philanthropic sufficiently to buy into what is ultimately a no-brainer. Um, and our biggest challenge, again, and I, you know, and and we're a we're we're a leader in this, of course, is the fact that we are unique. Nobody's ever done this before, and therefore, we we're trying to communicate a whole concept of travel for good, which is different to sustainability. It's different to responsible travel. It's different to considerations around the environment but it is ultimately a sustainable method of business that doesn't create profit for profit's sake. It creates um, benefit for the community. So that, that is, you know, that, that is probably to, to answer your question simply, I think 
you you have to be clear about your proposition you have to target the people in the best way that you can with a simple message that is give five percent to charity for free um which is the message we bang on about the whole time um we we carefully think about where we market and i suppose when you look at pr and comms we're talking to the quality press we're talking to the charity press we're talking to the charity sections of the quality press um we're working to have dialogue with with those individuals so that we are trying to target um, a customer who has an ethical standpoint already and so they may already be really interested in community tourism or they may be interested in you know in this responsible sustainable um travel and so we are not a big leap from all of those things we're actually a simpler message than all of those things you know those things can get really really complicated um really lack um you know lack sometimes um do you trust the certification do you do you know what what do i actually pick it's a minefield of what you actually pick whereas we are pretty basic you know we we and i, and I say this tongue-in-cheek a little bit i we don't care whether you go to a carbon guzzling hotel on a <laughs> you know flying on the oldest aircraft there is because if you buy the package for a thousand pounds, you're still going to make a five percent difference to a charity that you care about. Um, obviously, we don't want that to happen. We want we 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 espouse values of sustainability and responsibility. But whenever we talk about that, we're doubling down on a basic concept of don't give money to a shareholder, give it to you know, enable us to sustain ourselves, but let us help your chosen charity. And I suppose that's the other big revelation that i had in in setting up charitable travel is that parallel to setting up the social enterprise i also set up a tourism charity um called the charitable travel fund which helps tourism communities um in the developing world um who become in need when tourism stops and that's that was really the passion behind setting up the social enterprise and that's where our net profit goes um, but what I realized was that our customers wouldn't necessarily care about that charity. So the big revelation for me is it makes it much easier to enable customers who buy into our concept to care about what they care about. That's what we enable. We're not trying to tell you what to care about. We just want you to care. This is exactly the point I elaborate across it. Funny enough, you mentioned it. Um, it's the point that I elaborate across the keynotes. It's important to niche down through not just a segment of a segmentation of ideal clients, which I believe in the tourism industry do no longer exist. We cannot say what is your ideal client anymore. We can say what is the client that cares about what you do. And in this in this case, when you act 
when you try to reach this type of clients and that before even becoming your clients, they could be potentially a audience out there. Then eventually, if your message is right, they become your audience. And after becoming your audience, they become your digital customers. So first they find you and they follow you and they buy from you, sort of like they buy into you digitally. And then they become your actual customers. And then they become your guests. If ever, you know, we, we come down to a, all the way down to, to, to the hotel, for example. And this is when it comes to, you know, your, your, your customer base. But as you said, you are a retailer. And to be a retailer, you have to have a massive supplier base. And how do you make the how do you how do you make other operators care? Because I suppose in a in a line of work, especially in terms of authenticity, when you put together a package that you know you put together the options for for your based on your client request, you obviously you're vetting the suppliers you work with, the hotels you're choosing, the transportation or the services, the excursions, the experiences, everything. How do you make sure you build a supplier network that cares just as much as you do in the in, in the business so that you you can deliver upon a promise that doesn't fail when it comes to you know you've done your part and mm. then the, the client is on the other side and 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 it fails, you know, it all falls down. But how do you do that? I think um I think I just wanted to answer one question first before I answer that point about um you know, when you, when we were talking about where we market, and I think it's, in a way, the fact that we have had to embrace media and customer types that have a predisposition to be interested in climate, um, the environment, sustainability and so forth the fact that we have to fish in those ponds in order to find customers who have a propensity to understand the basic idea of booking with us and giving five percent of the price to charities is a bit sad i find i find it a bit sad but it's become a a realization that you can't market as you said to everyone you have to market to a group that you can define and at the moment there isn't a group that I can other than our own customers and our own supporters that I can absolutely define and say you know these are people that want to buy from a social enterprise because they know it will make a difference to their charity partly because we're in travel we're certainly unique um and and partly because um there's no one really catering for that customer type. And also it's very fluid. Um, so so we've kind of reached the realisation that at least, you know, the line of least resistance is to find people with an ethical position, uh, at least an opinion or an ethical position or a, or a perspective on, on goodness, if you will. I, I, it's a funny word, but good, on being good. In the, in the broadest sense, and then kind of saying to them, well, it's not a great extension to, um, to, to, to then buy what you're going to buy, but buy it from us because you'll make even more difference. Um, I, ideally, we, we are accessible philanthropy. That was the kind of phrase that I coined at the very beginning, was we make it easy for people to give to charity because it doesn't cost them anything. 
you know we're not asking them to put their hands in their pockets uh, and pay 50 pounds when they bought a thousand pound holiday we're saying or temporarily put your hand in your pocket and pay it directly to the charity so that it's a transparent transaction but actually you're going to get it back again because i'm going to give you a price that you can't get anywhere else by discounting it by five percent that's the kind of subset that i'd like to get to those people but at the moment i realize that i can't because trying to identify they they, they ultimately that group is our customer <laughs> you know and i obviously want that to be massive um going back to your other question um you know the we we do have a vast array of product that's available the the original premise to be a retailer was because of the concept of accessible philanthropy we didn't want to turn down any customer who came to us who wanted anything travel and travel wise um that would end up making a five percent donation to a charity that they cared about so we you know we'll, we'll sell a staycation we'll sell a cruise we'll sell ski we'll sell a commodity product a tailor-made sustainable or not we'll we'll sell it providing it's legal providing it's um, from a legitimate tour operator and it's at all protected beyond that because we are um rational sensible um thinking people and tourism professionals we obviously want to find tourism businesses uh, and travel businesses amongst our suppliers that enable us to extend that basic no-brainer concept even further by ensuring that we pick and promote as much as we can customers who have thought about their impact on uh, uh, suppliers who have thought about their impact on their environment their impact on um, cultural and physical heritage that have thought about their um, impact on the communities that they are sending customers to um, that they're trying to minimize um their impact on on the places and keep the wealth in the places that they're operating to within those communities for the benefit um of of the people in those places so we do seek them out and we're fortunate in in the uk to have a fair number um but they're still not enough um you know there are some shining lights of people like intrepid g adventures exodus um and 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 others who have made steps um in drawing to the customer's attention the methods of travel that are um the least impactful from a hydrocarbon standpoint um you know it, i think everyone in in travel almost everyone realizes that in order for our industry to exist you've got to get on a plane but you know you 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 know, you you just have to. Otherwise, you you might as well give up being in the industry or really niche down um, and be an operator like Byways, which is a great a great model for um, short haul um, rail based, you know, ferry based um, tourism. But it, beyond that, you've got to make some decisions um, to try and focus on the most modern aircraft, the aircraft that you know emit the least CO two, and then and then harness it with accommodation that has in some way been accredited for its practices when it comes to um 
its own environment, its own impact on its communities. Um, and we we make a point of saying that to our suppliers. You know, what are your um, you know, what are your credentials? What, you know, what what do you do? How do you signal that supply that is um going to help us to offer the customer that we have that wants to make a difference to their own charity to make a difference to their planet to the communities and so forth um, and we'll gravitate towards them or the product that or or the or from within their product op- um proposition that is more tuned to those things um, that said, I still go back to the fundamental that if I can't find that, I'd still rather take the 5% charity donation um, because I know it's going to make a, a difference to someone or an animal or the environment or the or the choice that the customer makes as to where their money goes. Um, you know, we produce a, an award-winning customer magazine called Charitable Traveller. Uh, we produce a bi-weekly newsletter called the Charitable Traveller Report. Um, and we do a, a lot of social media marketing. Um, in 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 every case, we are endeavouring at every stage to um, to communicate um, positive tourism opportunities. We, we're not deliberately going out there and saying, "Don't think about these things." We're using our platform of philanthropy to 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 add to that without preaching, but to show people that um, you know this is the impact of making the right decision. This is the impact of not making a bad decision. Um, this is an, the impact of if you do have to pay more, which I'm not convinced you always have to pay more, of of staying in a green certified hotel, um, you know, getting an electric vehicle, going on a flight that's half an hour later because it's um uh, because it's on a more modern aircraft and it has a less CO2 impact. But I think that's beholden on us. And, and we did a survey back in June of um, a national representative survey. Um, and some of the questions we asked is why I think tourism businesses need to care is that 66% of people we asked, just random people, um, are interested in taking a more sustainable holiday, but they don't know how to do it. Um, you know, and, and so it's business sense that transcends anything that if 66% of the 2000 people, random people that we asked through our survey company about this said that they're interested in taking more sustainable holidays. The fact that they don't do that at the moment doesn't mean they don't want to do it. And if everyone continues the, you know, the journey that we're all on, because it's not a destination, it can't be a destination yet. If we all continue on this journey of endeavoring to put forward easier ways for customers to identify good choices um then they're going to gravitate towards it regardless of our five percent model you know obviously i wish they do that too because 44 billion pounds is what they're saying the market for travel is going to be in the uk imagine if everyone did that and five percent went to charity you know that's a transformational amount of money um but anyway i bleat on about that a bit more but but you the, read um, my mind you absolutely but, but, read my mind because yeah, if we all turned into you know and i'm not some social enterprise evangelist i just think it makes sense 
um you know have have enough money but don't have more than enough money you know you don't need more than enough money you need enough money um social enterprise is then the the opportunity to to support the community around you but but anyway if 66% of people want to, to make a sustainable choice then tourism businesses if they haven't already and i believe many many of them are waking up if not well well woken up um they better embrace it because if they don't start talking um about sustainability and the right choices and showing their customers how to do it and being demanding of their hoteliers of their transportation companies of their airlines of their cruise lines in in making sure that it's there's clarity around what they're doing then they're going to lose customers in the end and they're going to be gone lastly when you look at the when you consider the outlook of charitable travel moving forward you said you've started this business at the peak of the pandemic which is obviously um an unfortunate an, an unfortunate yeah sort of recollections like where did you start your business and then you always have to bring up bring up bring back up that this this very you know um critical and global critical moment in time that everybody went through um and and in, instead of you know recollecting like an, a happier moment no for you was a a a light bulb moment in a way so when you look at the next 2 to 3 5 years of charitable travel where is the work heading to what's 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 there to do what what are your future projects we will continue to bang the drum of social enterprise and um and and also making smart choices about travel because um you know we've realized that trying to tell the masses about accessible philanthropy way before our time you know other than those charitable charity supporters we're we're ahead of our time because um the vast majority of customers don't care you know that they don't care and so we need to either find people that care because they care about the charities that they love and the causes that they love or we need to bang the drum and present sustainable and responsible travel um to that woke group and then build on our 5% message so we'll continue to do that in our magazine we'll continue to do that in social media in partnerships with dmos you know one of the one of the really exciting byproducts of what we do is working with dmos to promote destinations um and to and to promote um the good in destinations and i and i i mean good in the in the in the kind um thoughtful sense i think the more people know about it the more the more awareness we 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 can raise around a this deep, this type of travel this type of business model this type of purpose that really you know it doesn't have to be rocket science it it really needs to be just as simple as possible keep it simple that's my always my go to um that's what took that that's what took six months from when i left my my last role to to launching charitable travels to make it as simple and as seamless as possible um <laughs> the irony of that is because it's brand new it you know 
it's still hard to communicate because people don't believe you. They don't when you know, there's an element of people that you say, well, it's not going to cost you any more and you can help um, Alzheimer's research or you can help um, World Wildlife Fund with with they, they don't believe you. And so, yeah. you know, we, we, we spend a lot of time making sure we're reinforcing that. No, this is real. Yeah, this is this is a real thing. Yes, I know. I know. I should maybe sail off in a yacht one day, and uh, you know, in a super yacht one day. But it's not what it's about. It's about, um, you know, it's about giving back. It's it's about um, using the experience and the uh, and the and the opportunities that we've had in order to make a difference to as many people as we can. Thank you so much for joining me today. I learned a lot and actually I was very, very pleased to um to hear from you that a lot of a lot of the mindset, don't know, we're very much aligned in in what we think should be communicated across the industry to make travelers care first. So thank you so much. And um so we'll see you soon again on the podcast when uh when more more of your uh, I don't know how to call them adapt you know <laughs> we'll see you soon again on the podcast when uh, thank, thank you the conversation so remains open it's it's been amazing if we can see lots of children of charitable travel being born nothing would make me happier perfect I will let's let's keep the conversation open and uh, all the best for the work ahead thank you for joining me today Haven't we learned a lot about charitable travel today? Well, I know I did. If you want to know more or get in touch with Melissa at Charitable Travel, head over to the show notes right after the episode. Go grab her contact details. Before you go, if you've loved this episode, I would appreciate if you could send me your feedback, a simple message or an email, anything would do, as long as I hear from you, or even better, a review on Apple Podcasts if you're on it. Thank you again so much for being here with me and see you soon for another episode of Truth Behind Travel Podcast.